Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for Zionstone United Church of Christ in Northampton, Pennsylvania. My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday sermons. I pray that they'll be a blessing to you, and if you're ever in the area, please stop in and worship with us. We'd love to have you. Last year during the summertime, how do you guys remember last year summertime? We did a, a, an, an in-depth sermon series on the book of Judges. And all of you are like, oh no, what is he going to do with us this summer? But don't worry, no. We had a good time going through the book of Judges, and we didn't go through the entire book, but we took the major stories in the book of Judges, the major heroes and villains of the book of Judges, and who they were, warts and all, and how God used them, and the themes of the book. Oh, and I, well, I had a really great time preaching through it, so ordinary time is where we find ourselves now in the church calendar. An ordinary time is a really good time to do things like that, to dig a little bit deeper into scripture, into history, and to focus on specific subjects for a little bit more in-depth uh, preaching. And so with this in mind, I decided to, to do a new series this summer. And this comes from lots of conversations I've had over the years. I have some friends in, in different denominations and, and and groups and so forth. And once a year, this is one of my most favorite things to do. Once a year, a friend of mine who's a professor at a university, he invites a bunch of professors and clergy and me, for some reason, over to his house and we hang out and we eat good food and we talk about God and history and the, it's, it's a lot of fun for nerds like me and, and, and nerds like us. But one, uh, some of the professors, they, they work at a, at a Christian university and one of the things they keep saying over and over again throughout the years is that the, 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 the people who are coming to the university, primarily the older teens, don't know their faith. They don't know what they believe. They, they have no idea as to the core and to the content of the faith. And so that, leading on from there, you would think, okay, if, if, if the people going into these universities don't know the core and content of their faith, then that means that it's not being transmitted successfully either at home or at church or a combination of both. And we, you know, we can't be too, too broad here, but it's some a patterns that they've noticed over the years. And so what I thought I'd do is it's good for us to relearn. You know, in, in Empire Strikes Back, Yoda says to Luke, you must unlearn what you have learned. But what he didn't tell Luke was sometimes you have to relearn the things that you've learned. And so that's kind of what we're going to do during ordinary time. What we're going to do is, is we are going to go through the creed. And if you saw the, the, the banner on Facebook, it says, Credo, I believe. So that's what we're going to do this summer. We're going to dig down deep into the core of what the faith is. What is our faith? What do we confess as Christians? What do we actually believe? So we're going to talk about that this summer. The theologian named Thomas Oden said, Christians have a right and a responsibility to know the meaning of their baptism. This is the purpose of Christian theology, to clarify the ancient faith into which all Christians of all times and places are baptized. And he's echoing there the, the, the language a little bit of St. Vincent of Lorraine, that which is believed everywhere at all times by all people. So if you go to websites of different churches, a lot of churches have on their websites statements of faith. These are a good thing because it kind of tells you, okay, this is who they are. This is kind of where they come from. 
And so a lot of these churches, they want some, a lot of them kind of just make or write their own lists. This is what we believe about the Bible. This is what we believe about salvation. Some of them are even, this is what we believe about the end times. If you even want to come here, you have to believe X, Y, and Z about that. And some, some churches and denominations are so committed to their presuppositions that they don't even see the need for any agreed-upon theological statement of common belief whatsoever. So Christians on both sides of the aisle, we can often waffle on just what it is it means to be a Christian and the actual core of what it is that we're doing here. And there's lots of churches that just outright ignore the most basic creedal statement of faith that has been handed down to us from our apostolic forebears. So I've been a Christian a long time. How many of you have been a Christian for longer than, I don't know, 20 years? Yeah, that's a long time, right? How many of you, this is just for fun now. How many of you have been a Christian for longer than 40 years? Wow, awesome. 50? All right, and we'll go down now. Five? <laughs> 10? All right, there we go. I've been a Christian a long time, and many of you have been Christians a long time, some of a short time. Some of us grew up in the faith, some of us didn't. But has anybody ever heard somebody say this? And I heard this a lot. I don't believe in, how do you, no creed but Christ. Has anybody ever heard anybody say that? No creed but Christ? Has anybody ever heard? Oh, good. Well, that's good. Has anyone ever heard somebody say, I only believe the Bible, I don't believe in creeds? Something like that? Well, there are people who, who say that, and there are people who believe that. And the problem with that is, well, for starters, that's actually kind of a creed. By saying, I don't believe in creeds, I believe in this, you're kind of saying a creed. So some people even say that there was no real uniformity in the early church, and that there were divergent strains of kind of Christianities. But in Acts 2.42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, this is right after 3,000 people have been received into the church at Pentecost. So what are they gathering around? They're gathering around the apostolic teaching, and they're gathering around fellowship. What are the apostles teaching as they gather together? Well, that's kind of easy. Who is Jesus? What they witnessed? and the mission Jesus gave them to the world. The other thing it says is the breaking of bread. So in the early church, what they would do is, is they would get together for what's called an agape meal, where everybody would come together. And this is pretty interesting. Regardless of where you stood socially, whether you were rich, whether you were poor, wherever you were a man, whether you were a woman, everybody at the agape meal ate, in the Christian, early Christian church, ate and they worshiped together which is pretty, well, I mean, even now in our own time, we still have churches that are divided by race and class. But having those barriers overcome, even back in early Christianity, is pretty amazing, particularly in that culture. They would break bread and they would eat together. Then at the end of the breaking of bread at the agape meal, then they would have holy communion. And then the prayers. So these prayers that are referenced here, they are actually a specific set of prayers. Prayers that were handed down probably from the apostles, some from the Psalms, from the Jewish scriptures. And also they then started to base their worship off of the structure of the synagogue. But always through the lens of this is who Jesus is, this is what Jesus has done. So our faith then, brothers and sisters, is something that has been revealed to us 
through the person and work of Jesus Christ. The apostles then have handed that down to the church, the basic shape of the faith that they were told to go baptize and make disciples in. And so though there have been many different creeds throughout the history of the church, there's one that serves as the basic summary for what we actually believe. And in a day and age where people have little to no theological understanding, it's good for us to take a look at the Apostles' Creed. And so when we look at the Apostles' Creed, we know, many of us know this already, that it's tied in with baptism, right? It's tied in with baptism. And a theologian named Myers, he notes that the creed has two functions. Number one, it's educational. So there's many similar creeds floating all around in different areas. Uh, St. Irenaeus has one, St. Justin Martyr. There's a whole bunch of different creeds kind of floating. They all have greater similarities and differences, and they all summarize the story of Scripture, Jesus Christ. And they all kind of come together over the years to form the Apostles' Creed. And then also the creed, the second function of the creed is sacramental. It was part of the baptismal rite itself. And we even see this in our services today. Well, we're not baptizing a baby, but baptizing an adult. Part of what we do is they confess, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. A person becomes a disciple of Jesus and a member of his community by a threefold pledge of allegiance to the Father and to the Son and to the Spirit. So you might be saying, well, why does this matter? Well, that's, that's a great question. A theologian named Michael Birdie says, if we jettison the creeds, then we, can call, then, then we can all too easily find ourselves jettisoning the historic faith of the church, a faith we claim is rooted in Scripture, born out of the testimony of the apostles, and built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. They are not an optional decor. Rather, they are a sure anchor for a biblical faith and therefore necessary for a theologically healthy church. So Birds actually lists a few things that creeds can help us do. The first thing that creeds can help us do is to promote unity. Well, how? Well, the creed can promote unity in that it gives basic shape to what Christians across denominational barriers and convictions believe. It gives us all something to unite around. It gives us a common set of beliefs. There's lots of division in churches today over different issues. Some churches will say, well, we believe in the Pentecostal gifts of the Spirit, right? Speaking in tongues and uh, these emotional outbursts and display. We believe this is part of the normative Christian life. And then some Christians over here will say, no, we don't really believe that. That's cool for you guys, but we don't think that that's true. And then you'll have another group over here will say, we believe in the rapture, that Jesus is going to teleport everybody up to heaven. Uh, or, and then there's like a seven-year tribulation with, I'm not even going to get into it. It's it's pretty involved. And then another group over here is going to say, yeah, no, we're not really cool with the rapture. We don't think that's the clear teaching of Scripture. We just believe in one return of Jesus, and, but that's okay. So different denominations, different Christian groups have different convictions about what we could call secondary issues, right? These guys believe in tongues. These guys believe in a rapture. These guys believe in something. But what, what the beautiful thing about the creed does is it actually gives us something to unite around. It gives us something solid to unite around. It gives us something historical and biblical and theologically faithful to Jesus Christ. It gives us something that we can come together around. So 
if we can come together and unite around the common shared belief in Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior and God the Creator and the sending of the Spirit and the communion of the saints and the forgiveness of sins and the return. If we could all unite around those common beliefs and cores, that means that we don't have to let secondary issues divide us. That means we can work with different Christians from different groups. It means we don't have to let things that might not be super important become more important than the core of our faith. Does that make sense to everybody? All right, it makes sense to me. I'll just pretend like you guys said yes. Thank you. (laughs) That was my wife. I love you. (laughs) It gives us something to all unite around. It also helps us in our public worship. It shapes our worship. That's why every Sunday after the sermon, we, we recite a statement of faith, because it organizes our worship around the story and the person of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, it reminds us of who we are. It reminds us of who we are. It reminds us that our faith is not one that comes from a person alone in their room with the Bible. It reminds that what we confess, what we say we believe, is something that has been given to us across time from those who came before us in the faith. It is a clear link between where we are now and the confession of Jesus Christ of the apostles. It puts us in continuity with all Christians across all time. It reminds us who we are. It reminds us who we are and who we belong to. So when we start off with the first phrase of the creed, it says, I believe. Or I confess. So then we say, what does it mean to believe? Faith is not a mere mental assent. We've talked about this to a series of propositions. Nor is it something that's exercised in ignorance. And that's something that you'll come across when you you get in discussions with people who don't hold to religious faith. Um, They'll say, well, you just believe in something that there's no evidence for. And so you just use religion as a crutch. uh, Or something like that. That's just what faith is. Faith is blind. You believe in nothing. There's nothing that it's actually grounded in. But the creed reminds us that our faith is actually grounded in what God has actually done for us and the eyewitness testimony to the actions of God for us, the deeds of God. So to believe means not to only profess, but that we also trust as well as obey. It is an inward attitude of the heart transformed by the Holy Spirit. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Without faith is it impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. And I think a really good demonstration of faith in action is from the reading today, right? From the Gospel of Mark. We heard the story of the woman with the blood, with the, with the blood that would not stop, stop flowing. And it's interesting that in that story, somebody is talking to Jesus for a completely different reason. They're like, hey, come pray for my daughter. She's sick and she needs to get better. Jesus says, okay, let's go. So while they're on their way, Jesus isn't even looking for this woman to pray for her. He's going to pray for somebody else. Somebody has requested, please come and pray and heal my daughter. So he's like, of course. So he's going, on the way, there's a woman who says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, right? If I can just, this, it'd be like if I was walking past and, and, and Mark like reached out to try to grab the bottom of my robe here, right? It's, it's that idea. As I'm walking by, I just, if I could just touch this, if I could just reach this, if I could just grab this, I know that I will be made whole. 
And that's what happens. As Jesus walks by, she grabs the hem of his robe, and she's instantly healed in the story. And that's what faith is, brothers and sisters. That's what faith does. It grabs on to what God has done for us in Christ. It grabs on to who Jesus is. It grabs on to the salvation he has given us. And like we heard in the call to prayer, that ongoing renewal and healing that Christ does in our hearts every single day as we follow him, as we hold on to that hem of his garments, that we do by faith, that we do by faith. And her story is a beautiful story of how faith works. I know that if I can just reach him, if I could just touch it, I know I will be made whole. And that's how we reach out to God. When we hear the word of God preached through our faith, we reach out and we grab onto the promises of God. Those promises that we hear when the word is preached, those promises we see and taste when we come to the table and eat the bread and wine, the promises of God that we feel when the water of baptism is poured on us, that God will do what he said he will do. And so as we continue to go through the creed, brothers and sisters, in the next coming weeks, we're going to see not just a a group of statements about what it is that we believe, We're going to do that. What does it mean to call God Father? Does it mean that there's no feminine language in the Bible for God? If you don't think so, there actually is feminine language for God in the Bible. But why do we call God Father and not use that other language? That's really interesting, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But we're not just going to talk about propositions. We're also going to talk about why it matters. It's not enough to just say, this is what I confess. If there's no action or obedience or love that flows from what we say we believe, then like St. James reminds us, then that faith is useless. So stick around. I think it's going to be good. And that's kind of where we're going to be going this, uh, this summertime through this series as we learn the content and the core of our faith that has been given to us across time. And so to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Be all glory together with his Father who is from everlasting and his all holy good and life-giving spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. You know, our church has deep roots here in the community and we predate the founding of the United States itself. If you're looking for a church that is biblically faithful and traditionally grounded, come visit us. We may just be the church for you. You can find us online, zionsstoneucc.com. You can find us on Facebook as well, zionsstoneucc. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman. If you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at malandsman at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. May God bless you, and we hope to have you visit us 